Early this year, scientists started working at lightning speed to understand the coronavirus. Moving swiftly means saving lives. But there's one problem. The traditional publication process takes on average about eight months. That timeline does not work in COVID times. So researchers have rallied behind another option, one that allows them to publish their findings in just days. But it can come at a pretty big cost. Accuracy. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Traditional publishing relies on a peer review process. It's cumbersome, but it means the work has been vetted. In the traditional publication process, you send your paper to a journal, and then they spend a period of time consulting other experts to get their feedback. That's Richard Sever. He helps run Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory Press, which publishes leading research in genetics, neuroscience, and cancer biology. For more than 100 years, scientists have relied on journals, The Lancet, Nature, the New England Journal of Medicine, to share groundbreaking research. This is how most discoveries have made their grand entrance. The lady penicillin and her daughter amoxa. But really, scientists have been sharing information in a much more informal way for just as long. This is why people go to meetings, because they're like, I can't wait to read all about it in a journal in a month's time. I'm going to go to the meeting, find out what's happening, and then I'll go back to my own lab, and I can start working and moving science forward. In 2013, Richard decided the time had finally come to formalize the back-alley way scientists shared cutting-edge biology information, and he launched BioArchive. BioArchive is an online site where researchers can post their papers, called preprints, within days. Editors conduct basic screenings, a review for dangerous or non-scientific content, and plagiarism. But there are no edits, and critically, there is no peer review. This is like a really, really big meeting, and everyone's invited, which is basically to say, let's use the power of the web to allow scientific results to be disseminated almost immediately to anyone in the world who wants to read them. The popularity of BioArchive quickly ballooned, with millions of downloads every year. So Richard, with colleagues from Yale and the British Medical Journal, added a second site in 2019 for medical or clinical research called MedArchive. Before the pandemic, MedArchive received about 15 papers a day. Then COVID hit, and the dam broke. Now, it's north of 100 a day. Lately, between both MedArchive and BioArchive, there are 30 million views each month, almost four times the normal traffic. I think the pandemic has really underscored the value of this rapid dissemination. As the whole clinical world is trying to figure out ways in which we should or should not treat patients. Richard created BioArchive and MedArchive with a simple goal, share more data quicker. In this crisis, scientists are telling Richard the sites are helping reach treatments and new knowledge faster. Exhibit A, the paper from molecular biologist Nevin Krogan at the University of California, San Francisco, who's studying how the virus enters our cells. Essentially, what what they did was they looked at all the interactions in a cell when it's infected by the virus. So basically, you get a big map of what the virus is doing 
and all the points in the cell that you could potentially look to block in efforts to combat the virus. So it gives you some form of roadmap to start developing approaches to therapy. The paper was a hit. Krogan posted it to BioArchive in late March. Nature published the research six weeks later, and the article has been viewed over a quarter of a million times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This paper is a best-case scenario for these preprints, but Richard is quick to concede working so quickly does come at a cost. You have to make a choice. You can't be fast and thorough. And what preprints do by doing this decoupling, it's saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to release this information very fast, a couple of days in the case of BioArchive, three or four days in the case of MedArchive. But that comes with a big caveat emptor sticker on every paper. You know, these papers could be completely wrong. Can you give us an example of a bad study that you all published that either needed to be retracted or was problematic in some other way? There was a paper, there's the, um, the infamous Uncanny paper, which seems to have identified similarities between the virus and HIV. And this sort of led to some conspiracy theories that, oh, you know, does this mean that this was a secretly engineered bioweapon or something like that? BioArchive posted that paper in late January, and reaction was swift and damning. Literally within hours, there were tons of scientific experts saying this is not correct. There was something like 50 to 100 comments within 24 hours by really eminent virologists explaining why this paper was inaccurate. And then two days later, the paper was withdrawn and the authors said they were wrong. The Uncanny paper illustrates the dangers of preprints and the safeguards. There's an open source quality to these two sites, and Richard counts on scientists policing the work, an informal peer review process, really. BioArchive and MedArchive do allow more work, in some instances of dubious quality, to get shared. Ultimately, the preprints put the onus on us, the scientists, the researchers, and lay audience, to determine the value of what we're reading. It still may be the worst paper you've ever seen. And you as an expert have to read it thoroughly and make your own judgments. But if you're an academic who's working in a field who really wants to move forward, you will accept that every time. And that's why you go to meetings, because you need to know soon and quickly. Now, for me, if there's a paper in my field, then I might read a preprint. If the paper is not in my field, I don't understand it, then I'll probably say, you know what, I can wait a few months for somebody to filter it for me and somebody to do some checks for me. 
And here is the biggest danger. There will be non-experts who run with bad information or experts who get it wrong in the first place. And that shoddy science could inform high-stakes choices like how to treat COVID. But to all the preprint hand-wringers out there, Richard asks whether the alternative is much better. A respected British medical journal retracted a study that said the MMR vaccine may trigger autism. The most revered journals have let junk science through the gates, with a paper in The Lancet that linked the vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella to autism being perhaps the most infamous example. It took The Lancet 12 years to retract that paper. If any doubt about the value of this work ever creeps into Richard's mind, he thinks of a talk he had with his dad, who's a physician. When I launched MedArchive, I mentioned that to him, and he said, um, oh, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it. That's clinical information. That could be dangerous. I'm not sure that's such a good idea. And then I spoke to him like a couple of weeks later, and he said, oh, you know, I've been thinking about that. He said, I've changed my mind. I think actually it's fine. All the crap gets published somewhere anyway. Preprints are here to stay. The pandemic has only solidified this. But Richard has even higher hopes. He sees these sites becoming part of the traditional academic publishing process, with papers being judged first by hundreds of expert eyes before crossing a journal editor's desk. Preprints may be a messier means to the end of cures and other breakthroughs, but if it gets us there faster, that's a trade-off Richard says he'll take every time. I'm Dan Gorenstein. This is trade-offs. What's become interesting and apparent to a bunch of folks is the need to create surge capacity in a way that doesn't totally bankrupt you. The coronavirus has many hospitals questioning how and where they deliver care. Some are starting to embrace a decades-old idea that had long been considered crazy bringing care out of the hospital and into people's homes. Next time on Trade-Offs. If you enjoyed today's episode of Trade-Offs, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeOffsPod or sign up for our newsletter at TradeOffs.org. Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, intern Sabrina Ems, partnerships lead Jessica Silverman, business affairs Kevin Davis, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this episode from Sergei Karamisanov, Dennis Wilson, Blue Dot Sessions, and Miscellaneous. Additional thanks to Joe Lipsick and Daniel Culp. Thanks also to our listeners who helped to support our work, including Lori Fiber and Thomas Hines. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 